1: Coming up today on The Story. I was involved in motorsport, yachting, played competitive badminton, did all sorts of stuff. So I wasn't home as often as I ought to have been. And so in a sense, coming to Australia was a pivotal point in our marriage because that broke all of those links immediately.
0: The Story. story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to the story. Well, Michael Ward says that at one point in his life, he realised he was living as a married single person and that his main focus was on his social life and he didn't have much time for his wife. That all changed when he came to Australia and eventually went to a marriage encounter weekend where he had an encounter with God. We'll hear Michael's story today as he has a chat with Eric Scatterbo. They're in our Melbourne
2: studios where Michael helps out as a volunteer. Well, normally I start off an interview by telling you where a guest is from and a little bit about their background. But today I'm going to begin by chatting with our guest, Michael Ward, without letting you know exactly where he's from, because I want you to try to guess where he's from. Michael Ward, welcome to the program.
1: Thanks, Eric. It's good to be here.
2: Okay. Now I should say I, myself, when I first met you, tried to guess where you're from and I was wrong. I didn't get it right myself. So we're going to kind of chat with you a little bit and have the listener try to figure out... If they can, based on your accent and what you say, where are you from now? Originally, I met you here at the studio, here at uh, Reach Beyond on the east side of Melbourne. You were helping out fixing things. And as a matter of fact, the soundproofing in this room, you helped fix it. And I should apologize to you because I squeezed your finger against the wall as I was holding it. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) You do remember. Okay, well, my apologies for that. So how did you come to be fixing things here at the studio?
1: Um, I decided that I'd do some voluntary work after retiring, and that's basically what brought me here.
2: Well, we are very thankful for all the fixing things around here. It's been a wonderful blessing to us. And before retiring, what did you do?
1: Well, I worked for many, many years for IBM. I started as a kid in another country, fresh out of school, fixing typewriters and punch clocks. Um, Wow, just very basic. Absolutely. When I uh, finally left uh, IBM at that company, I had was the customer service manager for Office Products.
2: Wow. So quite a journey over the course of your career and then now helping out here at the studio. Now, let's go back a little bit further. Where was your father
1: born? Oh, my dad. He, he was born in Shanghai, China. China. So obviously you have some Chinese heritage. Is that right? Yes, it is. Uh, Probably about three or four generations back. Okay. And he's of English heritage? Yes. Um, Why was his family in China? Well, it, it started out that a Chinese fellow married an English missionary, and that started the Chinese influence in our family. And it was quite something that this all happened because the missionary was about to become a, a concubine, and this particular guy, Tam Wah, um, this would be like a great-great-great grandfather, decided that he didn't think that that was appropriate, so mm. he married her. And he later changed his name to Tom Ward from Tam Wah, And thus, that family name was born. And eventually, your father was born there? Yes, Dad was born in Shanghai, yes.
2: And then what happened to him?
1: Um, well, He studied in England, became a doctor, and served in uh, World War II as a doctor.
2: Okay. Now let's move to your mother, which will kind of give away the answer.
1: (laughs) Yes. Mum was born in Jamaica.
2: How would you have begun this interview when I welcome you to the program if you were going to give away where you're from?
1: Uh, Well, I would have probably said, well, thank you, Eric. It's, It's good to be here, man. (laughs)
2: So, I didn't guess where you're from, which is kind of embarrassing seeing that my wife is from the West Indies, and I didn't even guess your accent and where you're from. Although, I should say, when you normally think about the West Indies, you normally think of Usain Bolt and Bob Marley, and people maybe of a darker complexion, but you're white. So, that's kind of unique. I mean, how many white Jamaicans are there? Uh,
1: Well, the white population in Jamaica is actually quite small, single digits, percentage. Okay, and so...
2: You were born where?
1: I was born in England, in in Windsor.
2: Just to complicate things further. (laughs) Just a little, yes. So during World War II, you were born, 1943?
1: Yes, that's right.
2: And then how much later did you move to uh, Um, Jamaica?
1: Well, we, mom and I moved to Jamaica um, when I was about three, three and a half years old, which was a little bit after the close of World War II. And that was Um, because that's where her family is from? Yes, my grandmother was living out in Jamaica, and of course that's where my mother had been born, and uh, Dad had been sent to Palestine as part of the Royal Army Medical Corps, and that was a no-go zone for families generally at that point in time. So we hopped on a boat called the Jamaica Producer, which was a banana boat, (laughs) which is fitting, (laughs) Um, (laughs) and off we went to Jamaica. Okay, and so what are your memories of growing up in Jamaica? um very fond in in fact it was a it was a great lifestyle um it was a nicely integrated society initially where um, black and white got on well together no matter what was going Mm. on
2: okay and then eventually you met your future wife
1: yes um i met my wife adrian in jamaica um her mother tells us that uh, we actually would have met in kindergarten, but neither Adrian or I can recall that. But we knew each other as teenagers growing up, and we'd go to parties together, or not together, but go to the same parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And her heritage,
1: that's even more interesting. Oh, well, um, she's born in Jamaica. Her dad was born in Jamaica, but her mother was born in Cuba. So you get yet
2: yet another country in your international family. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And her background growing up was a little bit different than yours in that she was raised in a hotel?
1: Yes, um, indeed. Um, there was a hotel called the Myrtle Bank Hotel. It used to be in downtown Kingston. It burnt down some many, many years ago. One of the seven top hotels in the world at that point in time.
2: Wow. So that was her life growing up in this ritzy hotel.
1: Absolutely. I had some big shoes to fill. <laughs> I was
2: going to say, yeah. <laughs> She was used to uh, some pretty nice surroundings there.
1: Yes, this this is true. Hmm. Okay, so you became a couple at what age? Um, I would have been in my mid 20s when we got married, yes. And that was in Jamaica? Yes. And then how did you eventually come over here to Australia? Uh, Well, um, I had been working for IBM for. Quite a few years then, and I'd just been moved into uh, a special job in a shipping company, sort of head hunted out, I guess you could say. And we began to realize that um, the violence and crime that was going on, we didn't want to live in the West Indies uh, because it was not that safe a place, and we didn't feel oh. comfortable bringing up our two daughters in that environment. Mm.
2: So the crime rate was rising there in Jamaica.
1: It it was pretty dangerous,
2: yes. Mm -hmm. And then why did you decide Australia?
1: Well, from what we could figure out, Australia was one of the few decent places left in the world to go live. It was under potential. It offered the opportunity for growth, an opportunity to get ahead if you were prepared to work. Mm -hmm.
2: And so you come here to Australia, in 1974 you mentioned yes but let's kind of back up a little bit what was faith like growing up for you did you go to church growing up
1: Um, yes Um, I can remember dad and I would go to the garrison church in up park camp in Jamaica um, most Sundays Um, moving into the teenage years um, I guess I kind of dropped off a bit but Mm. I would go to church on Christmas and Easter And probably once or twice in between when I sort of felt my stocks with God were a bit low. (laughs) (laughs) So
2: you were exposed to God, but it didn't seem like it had a very big impact on your heart.
1: True. That would be a fair assessment, yeah.
2: Okay. And then when you moved to Australia, were things pretty much the same at that point?
1: Well, um, a couple of things happened. To back up just a little in the West Indies, um, I was involved in motorsport, yachting yachting yep played competitive badminton did all sorts of stuff and wasn't home a whole lot of the time because uh, with, with the various sporting events and the thing is you're always off doing something on a weekend or mm-hmm. i was in the in the defense force as a coast guard first officer on a patrol boat in the reserves mm-hmm. yeah um so i wasn't home as often as i ought to have been and so, in a sense, coming to Australia was a pivotal point in our marriage because that broke all of those links immediately.
2: And oh, suddenly, that whole big social life and sports and all that was gone.
1: Yeah, it was absolutely gone. And basically, it was just my wife, Adrian and I and our two daughters. And that was it. Um, start over again, basically, with, with a lot of our family infrastructure no longer present and the distractions of sport and all those things were now gone, which was a good thing as it turned out in the end.
0: You're listening to The Story. Today, Eric Scadabo is chatting with Michael Ward, who's originally from Jamaica, and he's sharing his life journey. As we've been hearing, Michael realised his main focus was on his social life and he didn't have much time for his wife. But that all changed when he came to Australia. Next, we're going to hear about a marriage encounter weekend that he and his wife went on, where Michael had an encounter with God. All that and more when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax and this is The Story. We're back with more of Eric Scatterbo chatting with Michael Ward who's originally from Jamaica and is sharing his life journey Before the break we heard how Michael had been living as a married single person and that his main focus was on his social life but that changed when they came to Australia However up to that point in his life he'd been living as a nominal Christian and only went to church at Christmas and Easter. Now we're going to hear how that all changed
1: Probably about three years after coming to Australia, we heard about uh, the marriage encounter couple-based weekends that were just starting to be run in Australia in Mm -hmm. the Anglican faith, and the opportunity came up for us to go on one of the first marriage encounter weekends. That was
2: yeah. What what is a marriage encounter weekend? Ah,
1: well, basically it's a a couple-based communication weekend that does focus. Quite strongly on sharing feelings, which is sharing course, feelings. Well, this um, is a lot of ve- guys uh,
2: aren't comfortable with that. <laughs> this is not a, this is not this is
1: not a bloke thing, generally yeah, speaking. Yeah. And, and how did you feel about it? Um, to be frank, it didn't worry me. I didn't feel threatened by it okay. or anything like this. It was certainly something that I hadn't really done much of before. And I, I guess the way boys are brought up is you often don't show, right? Exactly. feelings, and you know, you you never accustomed to doing that.
2: There's a lot of guys that would rather have root canal surgery than go someplace and share (laughs) their feelings with their wives or whatever, but somehow you
1: were open to this. Certainly it wasn't that painful an experience, but the marriage encounter weekend that we went on, it it, it was in fact a gentle journey. You don't get thrown in at the deep end to begin with. It, It starts slowly and it builds. It's laying some foundations for communication and getting you accustomed to sharing feelings and as the weekend progressed the subjects on which your challenge to share the feelings get deeper and deeper mm. now you so, had
2: to write your feelings down on true paper what would, and everything and then get together with your wife and then true.
1: read it to what, each other what would happen is there'd be a presentation by two team couples one of whom was a clergy couple and um then there would be a question given out at the end of that presentation where the couples had made themselves vulnerable to us all uh, so they're really
2: sh- sharing they were
1: sharing from their hearts from about their maybe heart
2: mistakes they made
1: as as a as a, a sort of a, a modeling if mm-hmm, you like yeah and then we were given a question and asked to write about that for 10 minutes, uh, basically a, a letter to mm-hmm. your wife or husband. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we would then, we'd separate to write, one in the room, one in the conference room, and then we'd come together and share, read each other's information and then talk about them. Uh, that was called a ten ten. Mm-hmm. So how did that go? Well, it, it went well. Um, and... Uh, as the weekend progressed, I I began to open up more and more. And I guess it probably would have been, a, the, the crunch really came for me on this sort of Saturday evening. I had learnt a lot about how I, and, and I was growing a lot closer to Adrian than, than I'd ever been before. Hmm just because I was encouraged to share my feelings and and interact at a different level than I had been previously accustomed to doing. Mm -hmm. And then marriage in the world of God or something like that was one of the talks. Mm -hmm. And that began to open up questions in my mind. Well, where was I with my relationship with God? And I had a bunch of questions about that at the end of that. And one of the things that happened on the weekend is that the team are very open, and they say, "Look, if you have questions at any point in time, come knock on our room door. Mm-hmm. We'll try and answer the questions, and so on, and so forth." And so, so it was that um, uh, we didn't have our watches on for the whole weekend. It was mm-hmm. a timeless, childless weekend. Mm-hmm. So we really, we really didn't know what time of day it was, but it would. My guess it would have been probably about eight or nine o'clock at night. Mm-hmm that I realized I needed to talk some more about this. So Adrian and I went and knocked on the room door of Les and Cynthia Bond, who were the- You still
2: remember their names to this day.
1: Yes, indeed. They were the clergy couple on that weekend at the Brighton Savoy. Mm -hmm. And we started to open up the questions about relationship with God and so on. And, And I came to realize that in the same way that I had learned to grow closer to Adrian, I would have to employ the same sorts of approach and conversational sharing how I'm feeling and so on with God mm. in order to improve my relationship with God. And Just being
2: really open and transparent about how you're feeling, is that what yeah. you're kind of meaning?
1: Mm. Mm-hmm. That would be about it. And I shed a number of tears that weekend as breakthroughs happened and and things deepened and improved. Mm. Um, it, it was a pivotal weekend.
2: Um, now, I know you said you didn't have your watches, but you think that conversation went into that, the morning, like one that or two com- in the morning?
1: Well, no, it would have gone close to midnight, um, I would guess. Mm-hmm. And in later years, when we were on team in Marriage Encounter, uh, I then learnt the workload of the team. And was retrospectively extremely grateful for the time and the sleep that Les and Cynthia gave up oh, in, wow, or, yeah. in order to, um, in order to help us through that, or help me through that hurdle.
2: Yeah. And one of the big revelations that you had, that you shared with me before we started to record, was that you realized that you had been in the past kind of a married
1: single person. That's right. That was, that was a term we learned on the Marriage Encounter Weekend, and that basically means that you, you're married, but you operate as a single person. So, like
2: what you were sharing earlier, yeah. you were all involved in your sports life and everything. That's right. Without your wife. Correct. Yeah. So, that was a big uh, epiphany for you that, hey, yeah. I, I need to be part of a team, part of a marriage, yes. rather than being yes. single in a marriage. Mm.
1: This is true. So that was one of the big epiphanies, but also the spiritual awakening. True, because after that weekend, uh, as I mentioned before, the weekend builds. Mm-hmm. And when you hit Sunday morning, the questions get more in depth uh, as you go on. Mm-hmm. And the the morning time that we spent together was no longer 10 10, but 90 90. Oh, wow. This is minutes. Oh, wow. So you wrote... An hour and a half. You write, you write for an hour and a half, and then you share for an hour and a this half. This is intense. Yeah. But it is special, and that builds like nothing you've ever seen. Yeah. Coming out of that weekend, um, I, I was on an, on a cloud, and it was like a light. You switch on a light mm-hmm. in a dark room. Yeah. Uh, from that point on, I wanted to go to church, I was no longer resisting or thinking, oh, maybe I better put in an appearance. That was a pivotal part where I said, yep, this is for me now. Mm -hmm. Get involved, get going.
2: Then eventually you put your faith in Jesus Christ, became born again.
1: True. it It was a year or so later on that our church started running some Life in the Spirit seminars. And my wife exhibited an unusual degree of patience because I later realized she was busting to go on one of these seminars about six or seven weeks but she had the sense that she ought to wait until I was ready Mm -hmm. and then we would do this together and so um, it might have been the third or the fourth time that they were running those Life in the Spirit seminars that she broke the subject, and I said, yes, let's do it. And, of course, the last evening, or the, maybe the, somewhere late down in the, in that, um, the call is there to make that commitment to, mm. to give your life to Christ and turn over the management of your life to God. And, mm. um, of course, that we did together, and that was great.
2: And then you became more involved in church, and also, as you kind of mentioned already, you eventually became involved in the marriage encounter weekends yourself, and you became part of the team.
1: This is true. Uh, we, um, in, in fact, uh, at the close of the what they call the rookie weekend, or the weekend that your first real weekend there, um, there was an opportunity to, to share what, how you'd felt and how the weekend was for you, and I, I was just bursting forth with, with all of the things that had happened for me. Uh, to the point that only 10 days later, we were asked if we would go on what they call a deeper weekend with a view to going on team. On well, a ninety ninety,
2: what is it, 150,
1: 150? <laughs> no, no, it was, it was really a weekend similarly structured, but with different talks and mm-hmm. so on. And um, we decided that we would go on team. Um, so you were hungry. You wanted to get deeper into this. Absolutely, and... We we did just that. We spent probably at least four or more years, four or five years on team, ended up being what they call the admin couple, where you carry the responsibility for the the timekeeping and all of the logistics of, of the weekend. And we also were the national team enrichment couple that look after the, the well-being of the other team couples. Wow, so...
2: Fast forward several years, now you recently celebrated your 50th anniversary.
1: This is true. As as I often said to some of my friends, it's a case of grace in action. (laughs) And some of the Christian friends look at me and just say, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean by that? (laughs) Well, simple... She has let me live this long.
2: <laughs> that is the grace. A grace. In action. Oh, very good. Very good. But seriously, getting back to looking over the 50 years of your marriage, do you think
1: that that weekend was the turning point for the two of you? In many ways. The, well, the, the turning point for the relationship was coming to Australia. That was a pivot point. Mm-hmm. The Christian aspect of life turning point was, was that weekend in 1977 Mm -hmm. and that also brought a new dimension to our marriage as well as we then shared in ways we had not shared ever before Mm. together
2: really deep in your relationship yes
1: absolutely so that was building on the coupleness Mm
2: -hmm. and then you were able to build into the lives of several other
1: couples this is true yeah
2: now, is that very gratifying to be able to know you were helping other couples, maybe having the, um, as big of an impact as it had on you?
1: I don't think that ever occurred to us. Um, it was just doing the right thing to help other couples mm-hmm. take what they had and take it to another level. And in, in later years, we we also trained with the Anglican Marriage Guidance Council to become marriage educators to put engaged couples through a process of getting in touch with their feelings and their heritage and what they're going to bring to their marriage. Hmm. That so was it's, interesting.
2: Yeah, so it's just gone on and on. <laughs> Did you have any idea back when you agreed to go to this weekend that it would have such a lasting impact?
1: No, I didn't. But then <laughs> life is a journey and Christian walk is a journey. And you just don't know the which doors will open and when. And
2: your wife and yourself, you do many things together. One of the things that you do is uh, get in touch with other people from the West Indies and get-togethers of the Caribbean community, which you invited my wife and I to go to at one point, and we heard some very loud Jamaican music. <laughs> yes, it was very loud, but it was an enjoyable evening too. So that's just one of the many activities that the two of you do together as a happily married couple for over 50 years. Michael Ward, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. You're welcome. Our guest today has been Michael Ward from Jamaica originally and has been living in Australia for about 50 years or so. Yeah, man. Yeah, man.
0: (laughs) Jesus is the Well, I hope you're enjoying the conversation between Eric Scadabo and Michael Ward from Jamaica. It was great to hear his journey from being a distant husband and not really giving his wife much attention to going on a marriage retreat and having an encounter with God. As we heard, that inspired him and his wife to get involved in marriage ministry and help other couples. I guess you could say that Michael has really learned the lesson of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, where it says, "'Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church so much that he gave himself up for her.'" That's our challenge as godly husbands to be willing to make sacrifices for our wives and put their needs before our own, just like Christ did for the church. It's not always easy to do, but if we put our trust in God, he'll help us to have strong godly marriages. Well, thanks for joining us for Michael's Story. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. When I was 45, I went to the doctor, I was very sick, and they told me there was no more they could do for me. They told me to go home, uh, get myself in order, that um, I would not make the next six months. And I was 45 with four kids on my own. And I had a very stiff word with God. And I said, I can't die. It's non-negotiable, I can't die. I don't have anyone to help me with my children. I need to be here to look after my kids. Unfortunately, Genevieve Arthi has gone through a number of serious health challenges in her life. However, six years after she was told she would die, the Lord worked in her life to change it all around. We'll hear Genevieve's story next time. The story, just another way vision is connecting faith to life.